It's 2008. Flowrider and T-Pain helped us all get low. Blu-ray officially won the format wars when Toshiba announced it was going to quit production of its HD DVD. And the war on the track was won by Jason Statham when he dropped the tombstone on Joan Allen. It's time for the last action marker! Pop quiz, hot shot! I feel the need the need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and returning with me again for the third time in a row, Joe. What is up, LPJ? Not much, man. How are you? Pretty good. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. It's been approximately one week. <laughs> uh, speaking of weeks, this week we have a returning special guest. Returning for the third time? Well, second time officially, third time unofficially. Yes. Um, Fourth episode I've been at. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Uh, Jody's here today. Hey, Jody. How are you? Hey, doing good. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Good to have you. Thanks. I'm glad to be here with uh, two of my oldest friends. <laughs> oh. um, oldest as in we've been friends for a long time or we're all old? Well, Knopfsnyder is the oldest friend I have. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know who this Knopfsnyder person is either. LPJ. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're, we're here to discuss uh, Death Race. Yeah, and, and, and as in typical Last Action Podcast fashion, we let our guests pick the movie. Jody, why'd you pick this movie? Um, because Joe picked it and said, <laughs> come on, do Death Race with me and Nafsa. Oh, is that how that went? <laughs> well, we should mention, okay, that <laughs> we have been trying to get Jody to come on for a while, and he's very non-committal about what movie to watch. Which is weird, because he's here literally every time you're here. <laughs> Plus, but he doesn't, He Jody has a weird thing, and he'll admit to this, where it's kind of like Memento. He sees a movie and doesn't remember it at all. Like, it immediately leaves the system once he sees it once. 100% that is true. So, I... Watch this movie twice this week, <laughs> so I would hopefully remember it. So instead of kind of going back and forth, and just it was like we're just going to do this, and Jody was like, "I'm okay with that." All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's talk about your history with this film, Jody. <laughs> um, I assume I probably saw this movie with Joe on a Friday night in 2008 because. <laughs> That's what we did every Friday night in yeah. 2008. Yeah, I was going to say, we, I definitely saw this in the theater. I mean, it may have been with both of you. Yeah, we, I, we all three of us saw it together. And I remember being, like, really excited about it when he saw it. Yeah, I was super excited about it. One, well, because it was Jason Statham. Right. And at the time, you know, I mean, well, still, Jason Statham. Right. Big. And still, like, enough that, like, I own this movie on DVD. Yeah, you know, this is one of the ones I don't own on DVD, surprisingly. <laughs> um, I thought I did own it. Turns out I didn't. Oh, well, see, and that was another thing, too. I was convinced that Jody owned this, and then he looked through his collection, and he's like, I don't own it. It's true. <laughs> I own a lot of questionable things, but this is not one of them. I'm the only Weird. one that has Death Race on DVD. Well. And then it, the funny thing is I watch it on Netflix, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a remake Although it's not really a remake yeah, of Death Race, Death Race that, 2000. That, that's the thing I was curious about because in different things when researching this movie, I've heard it referred to as a remake, a like homage, 
or a prequel. I've, it's like no one can seem to figure out exactly what this movie is. Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, or inspired yeah, by... Or, or just like a retelling even. Right. It's very confusing. No one like no one can really pin down what it is. Like, like the, I, I read that like uh, the director considers it a prequel to the... Um, the movie that came out in the seventies, Death believe. Race two thousand. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's really. It has a similar. It has a similar idea. Right. Um, but it's not the same story. The original Death Race two thousand took place. It was a cross country race. Okay. This is a race uh, within a prison. Basically, it is um, reality TV. Right. Um, starring Jason Statham. Right. Uh, the transporter, the transporter, <laughs> Tyrese, uh, Ian McShane, Joan Allen, uh, and there's some other people in it too. They're probably kind of, those are probably them. the most notable. Can I just ask right off the top, and sure. either of you can feel this? Why is Joan Allen in this movie? I do not know. <laughs> um, I don't know. She just seems so <laughs> out of place in it. I well, read that she wanted to be in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think she seems out of place in it. I think she. Fits in here just fine, but I don't know why she's in it. Yeah, I mean, but if she wanted to be in it, maybe she was looking to shake up her image. I guess I don't know. I mean, she, she was does, in Face Off. She does a great job in it. Absolutely, yeah. Well, she's generally good in everything. Like yes. I don't, I don't even, I don't remember her being bad in anything. Not that yeah. I've seen a lot of Joan Allen. Fans, <laughs> number one Joan Allen. Fan. I am number one Joan Allen fan. That's my, it's my, that's what my real Twitter handle is. Oh shoot! I know, I'm <laughs> not popular. Um. This was written directed by Paul W.S. W. S. Anderson, who I'm a big fan of Paul <laughs> W.S. Anderson films. I would say probably more than the two of you combined. Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would, I would be surprised if Jody has seen any other Paul I know he has. W.S. Anderson. Uh, Mortal Kombat? Oh, Bingo. shoot. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yep. The mm-hmm. theme song of Joe Louis Arena? <laughs> yes. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, he also did um, all of the Resident Evil films. Right. He did. He does just a ton of. I saw he did AVP. Yeah, Alien vs Predator. He is. I mean, he's kind of like Roger Corman, like a <laughs> modern day Roger Corman. Writes, produces, directs all of his own films for the most part. Um, right, because he wrote this movie as well, right? Yeah, he wrote it, directed it, uh, produced it. Uh, he did all kinds of stuff. He's done Event Horizon. He did Soldier, which is a I don't know if you've seen Soldier. It's a Kurt Russell movie. Kurt right? Russell. It's okay. Um, <laughs> and then and then all of the Resident Evil films. Uh, he didn't direct all of them, but he's at least written and produced all of them, starring his wife Mila Jovovich. Oh, that's his wife. That okay. is his wife. I did yep. not know that. Interesting. Yep. Uh, and yeah, they, and they've obviously done a ton of films together. She's in almost all of his films in some capacity, uh, although not this one. <laughs> Which, I, you know, it almost would have made sense for her to be the Joan Allen role. The warden, yeah. Yeah. Although, I, I was saying that maybe she just plays a little too young, but I mean, not that Could be. Not that she's super young, but... No, but no, I mean, she's younger than Joan Allen. Right. Uh, interestingly, this film was originally pre- going to be produced by Tom Cruise and Paula Wagner. I saw that. Like, Paul, Tom Cruise was, like, attached to be in it, right? Yeah, he was He was going to be in this film. Um, and, and I was going to bring a... 
We were going to do a role reversal on this, but there's really not... I couldn't find much. Really, right. the only role reversal I could find for this was Tom Cruise as Frank. It obviously would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, I, that, it's hard to picture Tom Cruise in this movie. Well, no. I, I mean, it's hard to picture Tom Cruise in this movie. Okay, in this version of the movie. It's not hard for me to picture Tom Cruise in a movie like this, especially after something like Days of Thunder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where he's a car racing movie. This is just like... After the apocalypse days of thunder. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I guess I understand what you're saying, but this, like, in this movie, in its version, it feels like it's, like, tailor-made for Jason Statham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a Jason Statham film. 100%. Uh, yeah, and, and, it, and like I said, it, it was a, it's not a remake. It is a remake. Kind of a remake. A prequel. A prequel, <laughs> sort of, of a John Carpenter film. They have three sequels to yeah. it. They, well, that's the thing. They had three sequels, and then they had... Well, they're not even three sequels. Well, yeah, they are. There's two sequels to this film. Then there's a direct sequel to the 1975 <laughs> film, which was released on Netflix, starring Manu Bennett. And I watched it. It's actually really good. So basically, like, the Death Race universe is on par with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, yes. <laughs> no, I would say it's more on par with, like, the Sony Spider-Man universe, but not Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, so, like, the Andrew Garfield, <laughs> uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe. Oh, I got you. So okay. Spider-Man 3, Joe's favorite movie. <laughs> yes. He comes over and he's like... Whoa, Spider-Man 3's on? Let's watch that. <laughs> I'm like, we are not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, you know, it, it's, it didn't cost a whole lot of money, $45 million, which is a pretty average budget for an action film around that time. Uh, and it made $75.7 million, so it made almost twice its money. Yeah, that's, I mean, a pretty good haul. It was a successful movie for sure. Yeah, and I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I I mean this. I rushed out to the theaters to see it with you guys. Yeah, and I, I remember like the ads, and like I said, I remember seeing it in the theaters and liking it a lot and enough to buy it. So, mm-hmm. but I hadn't seen it in a long time. I will say that before I watched it for the for the podcast. Yes, I had. Well, I don't, I don't remember the last time that I saw it. I watched it after I saw it in the theater a couple times, yeah. but I don't remember exactly when I saw it. Um, and then it was on TV after I'd already watched it from taking my notes and just to refresh my memory. I feel like, not now, but I feel like this is a movie for a period of time that they showed on FX like a lot. Like, I think yeah. I remember catching it on TV like a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, music was done by a dude named Paul Hazlinger, who um, has done a lot of different <laughs> film music. I mean, that's pretty much all he does. Um, I'm going to pull up his filmography here. Does a lot of video games. He does almost all of Paul W.S. Anderson's films. He does uh, the Underworld movie, Underworld movies, Three Musketeers. Um, uh, obviously, this this film, Shoot 'Em Up. He did crank. He did the music for Crank. Oh, interesting. Remember how crazy Crank is? Yeah, another Statham movie. Another another Statham movie. Uh, he does music mu- music for Fear the Walking Dead, uh, Halt and Catch Fire. He does a lot of a lot of current TV okay. music as well. It's sort of generic, like yeah. industrial rock. I didn't. Th- none of it seemed to stand out to me. Or no, anything. I'll play. I'm gonna play just the main title real quick. It's not terribly great.
We're good. That's definitely generic. Yes. And uh, that song actually appears in, I don't know why I did the research on this. That song appears in all of the sequels as well. Oh, wow. I don't know about you, Jody, but I think maybe he watched all the Death Race movies. They were on. <laughs> they were all on back to back to back. So I, I would, like, throughout the day, I, would, I picked up uh, it watching like a couple a of them father son activity that he <laughs> took part in. Yeah, you know what? This is definitely a movie I watched with my eight-year-old in the basement. <laughs> I meant your younger son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Um this movie is basically Fast and Furious after the apocalypse. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Well, it's here, like here's one thing. Are we, are we getting into the plot now? Yeah, yeah. That I find interesting. So this movie came out in 2008. Yeah. But it takes place like 2012, like only four years in the yeah. future, right? And it basically sets up a society where. Well, I have this written down. The title card at the beginning. It says 2012, U.S. economy collapses, unemployment hits a record high, crime rate spiral spiral out of control. The prison system reaches breaking point. Private corporations now run all correctional facilities for profit. That, that I know it talks about the death rates, but I didn't write that part down. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you for that. Well, Thank you for the one part that's relevant to the plot here. No, I think it's all relevant. It's setting up the kind of society we're in currently. Yeah, uh, and, and the world watches reality TV, right. and the, the best form of reality TV is the death race, right. which... Did you see the prices for it? So it's broken up into three. Yeah, uh, I do. I have that in my notes somewhere where it talks about the price. It's $99 per race yep. or 250 for all three stages. Right. Which, so if the economy is collapsed, are people really paying $250 <laughs> for a three day event? Listen, we used, obviously they were. <laughs> we used to get together for UFCs, and like if we couldn't get like four people for a $60 one, we were like, no dice. Oh, yeah. Um, so then we, we jump into, after the title cards, we jump into a death race. Yeah, right into it. It gets right into it. Um, it's a death race, uh, standard, I guess, standard death race. Yeah, uh, the final stage of a death race. The final stage of death race featuring Frankenstein. Right. Uh, Frankenstein is kind of the main character. He's got a, a, a like a metal mask on right. him. Nobody really knows who he is. Right. Uh, and the whole premise of the race is if you win five races... You're set free. Yeah. You basically earn your... Which, and I don't know if this is the right time to bring this up, but let me pose a question to you guys. Sure. The, the prisons are now run for profit. Yeah. Joan Allen is the warden of the prison. Mm-hmm. She, she can't just release people, though, right? Like, they're still, like, she just, they run the, they're like a private corporation running the prison. She's not, like, law enforcement. She, just, she can't just release somebody, right? Well, um, no, but... I think I would imagine she probably has some deal where, you know, they get immunity and all that stuff. All right. Well, okay. You know. It I don't think that that's clearly not the biggest plot hole. <laughs> well, okay. No, I was just it curious. It seems sketchy. Yeah. Like, whoa, this person killed a ton of people, <laughs> but he won five races. Let him free. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think the whole absolute thing is, like, they're not going to actually let anyone go free because they're going to, like, kill anyone off that gets close. I think that's maybe what the... Yeah, do they ever say if anyone's ever gotten out? No, I don't think anyone has, and I think Frankenstein is the closest because he's won four going right. into it. But they don't really want him to win the fifth one, which comes up later on. Right, they don't want him to because he's a big draw. Right, because they get their highest ratings when he's racing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, which which is evident because he's out for it. So this ends in a fiery crash. Right. Well, I actually uh, have a pop quiz related oh. to this. Well, in that case, I should probably hit the pop quiz button like <laughs> this. Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, so in this opening scene, when they're when they're showing us Frank racing, we don't see his face, but we he is voiced. Do you guys know who it was that voiced Frankenstein in this scene? Well, I do. I'll wait to see if. I do too. Whoa, oh, research! Everyone's doing do the it. research. I forget what his name is. Oh, David Carradine. There That's you it. go, David yes. Carradine, who was the star of the original Death Race film. Correct. That's uh, what yeah. I read. Yep. We, everyone's up on their research. There was actually not a ton of research I was able to do for this. <laughs> to be honest with you, you're like I was too busy watching all the sequels. I was, man. Yeah, those were great ones. The one with Manu Bennett it was really good. Um, yeah. So this race ends in a fiery crash. Uh, with Frank, no, he doesn't make it over the line. That's right. He he, he does he, make it over the line. I thought. Yeah, I think he does because that's what gets him to his fourth win. Oh right, right, right. right. He like crashes, but he catapults over the line or something. Like that. Right, and uh, and he dies. Basically, they, they they wheel him out. He's in surgery. He dies in surgery. Right. But they can't just have him die. Right. So, so Jason Statham happens to be... Inter Jensen Ames. Jensen Ames, former NASCAR driver. <laughs> well, it's nice to know NASCAR survived the apocalypse. I don't even know if they say he's they a... They never say he's, he's a NASCAR yeah, driver. Yeah, they do. They say he's a driver. No. They say he's a driver. They say he's like a driver on like the local circuit or something. They never specifically say that he's a NASCAR driver. There's another no, guy that do. He is yeah, the, a NASCAR the one guy, driver. The one guy in the prison... Um, Travis Colt. Travis Colt is a NASCAR driver, but they just say like, oh yeah, he, he holds the record on so-and-so courses, but they never specifically say... Because like, they say he's like a professional res- racer, but then he got banned because he like killed someone, or I don't know, he did something and he got banned from racing. He had a lot of prison tattoos, they yeah, said. They said he went to prison for doing something bad. It might be in my notes later on. Who? Who? Jensen Ames. Oh, yeah. Jensen Ames. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was like an up and coming racer. And then he then he got sent to jail, and then he was banned from the track. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to argue with you on that. It doesn't matter. So he is. We meet him. He's working in like a steel factory that's uh, being closed down. Yep. Um, disgruntled employees. They can't like pay him out for their last week of work or their last couple weeks last of work. Sixty hours of work. Yeah, he's like at one point like. <laughs> It's like so dumb to do the math in my head. He's like, they give him the check and it's only like $300. And he's like, I worked 120 hours the past three weeks. And I'm like, wait, how much is that? I'm like, oh, that's just like 40 hours a week. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, 122. It was, oh, yeah. shoot. Okay. Over, over, I think it was two weeks. Yeah, over two weeks. Oh, well, geez, I guess. <laughs> so what's that math? Uh, guys, don't, no, don't ask. Guys, don't, gonna, don't, don't even do quiz it. me on that. Don't pop quiz <laughs> me on math stuff. I don't have a calculator in front of me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they can't pay him, and he's like, eh, I guess I'll just, like, not get into this riot that's happening, and then yeah. go home to my hot wife. Go home, he's got a wife and a young daughter, mm-hmm. she's cooking dinner, everything seems good, uh, he goes to take a shower, wife gets killed. Yeah, comes downstairs, and, uh, wife's been murdered, Stabbed. he gets knocked unconscious. Sprayed in the face with something. Yeah, mace, maybe? I, I would imagine, yeah. And, uh, gets framed for her murder. My question about that, so the police show up. Yes, he has the bloody knife in his hand. Yep. He's also unconscious. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure has some effects to his eyes from what he got sprayed with. But they're like, nope, he did it. Well, I think we're supposed to believe since the whole thing is set up by Joan Allen, by Hennessy, I think maybe the the cops are crooked. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers for Death Rays. But I think it's because it's all set up. 
that like we're to believe that she probably had some cops on the take. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, considering that you find out at the end the killer was actually uh, a prison a prisoner who they I guess had to do the right the execution. They, they let out to do it. Right. Um, so we jump ahead six months. He's been convicted. He's showing up at a Terminal Island Penitentiary, which yes. is where the death races take place. Which basically looks like Cedar Point. Like, it looks like the causeway to Cedar Point. <laughs> it does. And then Cedar Point, just like with a prison on it. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's essentially what it future is. future Cedar Point. <laughs> like, they took Cedar Point and they made it a I, prison. I didn't even make that connection, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely the causeway to Cedar Point. It's 100% the causeway to Cedar Point. <laughs> when was the last time you were there? Maybe that's what's going on there right it now. It probably is. I haven't been in years, so you could be right. Um, I do have in my notes here um, that they show a Christmas tree. And the guard says, happy holidays, so LPJ probably considers this a Christmas movie. No. <laughs> oh, this isn't a Christmas movie? No. Okay, I'm just checking. It seemed like it might be. At one point, Kay says... Listen, Sphinx! <laughs> Listen, later on in the movie, Kay says, Merry Christmas, asshole. And then I said, LPJ definitely thinks this is a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie. All right, well, it takes place during Christmas, obviously, so... I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not doing this here. <laughs> All right. Fair it's not going to happen. <laughs> so they're on Cedar Point. Yes, they're at Cedar Point. And uh, my so he walks in, right? Who, Lists, is that the guy? Uh, Lists, yeah, is part of his picture. How does he just automatically have all of these weird facts about Jensen Ames? Here's a better question for you, too. Why is Lists in prison? I don't know. They yeah. really don't say, do they? LPJ, no. you said you saw it. the prequels, or the <laughs> sequel prequels. I read he was one of the only reoccurring characters. So <laughs> I explain to us. Yeah, he's in it. I didn't watch it that carefully. Let me see if I can find it here. I don't think the movie explains why he's in. He doesn't seem like a terrible criminal. No, he has like like, he like a, stutters. He has like a disability he, or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Like, I have no idea why he's in prison. Well, here's one thing that bugged me. So he gets to prison, and when they introduce uh, Ian McShane's character, Coach, who kind of like is like leading the pit crew. Oh no! I, he sorry, I found it. Okay, he's in prison for murdering his mother. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> yep. Would not have guessed that. That guy does not seem like a murdering type. Mm, nope. I mean, maybe like a Norman Bates type of thing. So I think that might be what they're alluding to. Okay, got it. But so anyway, so they introduce Ian McShane as coach. And I don't know if this bugged any of you guys, but his book that he had, I'm assuming it was the Bible or something. It was so tiny. It's a tiny Bible. <laughs> it's tiny, little... tiny, tiny glasses, <laughs> tiny Bible. It seems like a doll book. I'm yeah, not going to lie. It was like so tiny. He's like turning the tiny pages. It was really weird. I was like, why doesn't he just have a normal size? But one? you know, I will say this. Ian McShane makes it work. Yeah. No, he's great. In because this. Ian McShane's great in everything. Um, yeah. Here's where my note does say Statham equals driver did time up state ruined his career. Oh, uh, okay, fair enough. And I do have a couple of notes where, and I guess we're just supposed to believe because he was in time in prison, but I have one note that says, why is Statham so tough in the context of this movie, and why is Statham so jacked in the context of this movie? Because he's Jason Statham. Like, they literally have a scene for no reason where he's just doing shirtless pull-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely for no reason he's just whatsoever. Like in, he's Your just, favorite scene. <laughs> Other just, than the scene where they're spraying him down with the fire hose. <laughs> when he gets to the prison, yes. So, interestingly enough, we talked a couple episodes ago about 
action heroes who are actually are actually great martial artists. He's another one. That's you know one of the things and that I read about this, one of the facts that I read that they said that like during the fight scenes of for this they specifically didn't want him to use his martial arts because right. they were worried that it would uh, be too reminiscent of the transporter film. So they yeah. didn't want him to use like his martial arts and stuff in the fight scenes. Yeah, because he's he's an actual martial artist as well as well as what we talked about with Wesley Snipes. Right. But yeah, they had to basically dumb down his fighting because he's too good. Okay, real Did quick. Did they do any of his Olympic diving skills? <laughs> he was a diver. He was, yeah. He was an Olympic diver. So, real quick, guys, who do you got? Wesley Snipes or Jason Statham? Oh, I, Snipes. Snipes? Yeah, Jody? I still got Snipes. Statham. Statham, all right. See if we can make it happen. Well, they were in uh, they were in one of the Expendables movies. Oh, the yeah, Expendables there. 3, yeah. They yeah. were both in it. So, well, maybe. All right. <laughs> So uh, then that's this is when we're introduced to Hennessy, Joan Allen's character. She basically explains the concept of the death race to Jason Statham. You know, if you win five races, you get set free. Uh, he basically says, no, I'm not going to do this for you. And he kind of leverages his daughter, right? Yeah, she um, she says that if he's set free, he get, he gets, she gets, he gets his daughter back. Right. Uh, essentially, so she she he shows her picture, or she shows him a picture of her foster parents that she's staying with right now, and uh, obviously the only way for him to to get her back is to to escape somehow, and and the death race is the best way to go about doing it. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> I kind of like this. We're introduced to the contestants in the death race, right? <laughs> We're introduced to all the other participants, and they're somehow. Or like each and every stereotype you can think of, one hundred is represented in this death race. Sure. Do you want to? You want someone to want to run through who we got here? All right. So you got Slavo or Slovo Pachenko, right. a Russian who is part of the Aryan Brotherhood. Okay. Yep. Check. Okay. You've got uh, uh, Jacob Vargas as Gunner. Uh, oh, he's the he's the he's the other guy in the pit. He's crew. the other guy in the pit crew, right? So Travis Colt is the uh, white uh, ex racer. Yeah, he's the former NASCAR guy. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Hector Grimm, the Grim Reaper, <laughs> who is a tattooed Latino man. Right. You've got so a, a, a returning character. This guy's been in several of Paul W. S. Anderson's films. Okay, he so, looks familiar to me. Yeah, he's uh, Luke Kang in. <laughs> In Mortal Kombat. What? He's, yeah, he's, Mortal, he's Luke Kang in Mortal Kombat. Whoa. Uh, Robin Show is 14 Carat. Yeah, who's? Yakuza member. Yes. Yep. And then, uh, who, um, where is it? Uh, Tyrese Gibson, the gay black man, Machine Gun, Gun Joe. Joe. I think and you I'm missing found a couple of Joe's ones. new nickname. Machine Gun Joe? <laughs> Machine Gun Joe. I don't know about that. Who else? I'm missing. There's more no, I'm missing. Because, no, you introduced all the ones. The other ones they are just. introduced. Yeah, the other ones are just like cannon fodder. They're There's like. Oh, Syed. that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot the ones that die in the first race. Right. The ones they don't bother to introduce because it's like uh, Jody's favorite character in Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> Slipknot. Remember Dude they, can climb well. Remember they barely introduce them and then they just kill them off? I've only seen that movie. Once oh. and I was half paying attention. Oh man, we should do an episode on that. No, we are not. We should. <laughs> you said <laughs> guest gets to choose. We, we will do Rush Hour before we do that Ooh. movie. Ooh. Ooh, we should definitely do that one without Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, but I would come on and do it if he's not here. Um, so th- they introduced this cast of every stereotype imaginable in the death race, but they only mentioned Machine Gun Joe has three wins. Frank has four wins. They don't mention anyone else having wins. Yeah. But, but apparently they do. 
Oh, really? When I, in my research, I found <laughs> Pachenko has two wins. Travis Colt has two. 14K has two. And Grimm has three. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would How be- did all these people live through I know, so I, many races? Yeah, that's and they crazy. all get killed in this one. Yeah, it is kind of crazy because, like, you would think these are pretty violent. And it seems like it pretty much comes down to one or two people in all of them. So you think it's, unless it was just, like, I don't know, maybe the same people aren't in them all the time? I mean, maybe. I, I guess there's other people that are in it who end up dying. Yeah. Right? Like Syed. Yeah. I don't remember the other ones because they were Carson? so... Carson? Yeah, maybe. I didn't even write them down because they were just like... They were like like red shirts. In Carson Star Trek. and Riggins. Oh, Riggins. Yeah. Jody's favorite. You are a Riggins guy. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't hey, lose. Yes, <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> um, so I, I like kind of going chronologic here. Some point in my note, I have written that this is this is where Statham Sanders starts to get an idea that he was maybe set up. He notices the the GPS trackers that they put on all the prisoners. He remembers that the guy that killed his wife had one of those trackers on. Yeah, and made like the the gun. Yeah, like pointed the gun at him and like pulled the like finger guns. Like the fa- f- yeah finger guns. I'd like to question the timeline of this. So he gets to prison. Yeah. He immediately gets in a fight with the Aryan Brotherhood. Yes. They're like, you're going to be Frank. <laughs> Later that week, he's in his death race. After one race, he figures everything <laughs> out. Oh, totally. Yeah, so he, like four days, he's mastered this prison, figured out <laughs> everything that's happened. He's like, that guy killed my wife. This person's never going to win. This person's sabotaging everyone. In oh, like yeah. four days. He does put it together pretty fast. Super fast. <laughs> He's like, he sees the thing, he makes the gun motion, he's like, ah, I got this, it makes sense. And then concocts the whole plan on how to escape. Right. He puts, yeah, like everything is like fast motion in this, because you're right, I didn't really kind of consider when I was watching it, Jody, like the timeline in this is so condensed, because it's over like, the whole race is over a weekend, and he starts driving what seems like the next day that he gets to prison, so. If it's not the next day, it's definitely that week, because I mentioned, like, the race is on Friday, it was like... <laughs> Shit, we better get going. Yeah, he's not in this prison for very long. No, which is great for him. I mean, he's oh, wrong. Sure. He's wrongfully convicted. So, yeah. a spoiler he's alert. He's been basically a week. Yeah, maybe. And it seems like so. Does he have that private cell the whole time, or no? He doesn't have the private cell. He's that's the other thing. Like, how do they not figure out who he is? <laughs> yeah, they should but... immediately know. Oh, a new guy shows up. He never appears on race day with the rest of the pit crew, but Frank's back. <laughs> well, I think they introduce him as being part of the pit crew. But you're, I get what you're saying. He's yeah. not there on race day. Right. Everybody else in the pit crew is there on race day. They're all sit- standing next to each other. So on the pit crew, Gunner is not is LPJ's favorite, right? <laughs> Why is that? You just love all his comments. He's He reminds me of the guy in Ant-Man. Oh, um, Michael Pena? Yes. Hey, Wouldn't he look- be your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, so we get to the first leg of the death rays, and then like the the other wrinkle in this is that they bus in uh, prisoners from the women's prison to be their navigators. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> Do they need navigators? No. First of all, they don't need navigators because it's just like a circle <laughs> that they go around in. So I don't know why they need navigators, but I think they say it's like for the ratings or whatever. Cause the, it, yeah, and to control the weapons, I think. Because these ladies show up, and I, I have a note that says, what's the dress code at this women's prison? Because <laughs> they're wearing like half shirts and jeans, and it's like, what's going on? Even in, even in the actual men's prison, there seems to be no dress code, no like jumpsuits or anything. Anyone's just wearing whatever they want. Like Liz has just a sweater on all the time yeah that is really weird <laughs> i didn't i didn't even consider that 
And also, like, this is in my notes here because it becomes pretty obvious. And maybe I know the answer to this, but why does Machine Gun Joe, why does he hate Frank so much? Are they just rivals? Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where he wants to escape before Frank does, or maybe Frank's the one that always beats him. Okay. Or... That, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was maybe he just he's... feels that he's... Uh best competition is frank okay that's kind of what i thought is maybe he just he like he didn't want frank to beat him or something like yeah, that. yeah so. and he, he i don't know and joe seems like a pretty volatile guy considering he keeps killing his navigators right true and he like puts a scar on his face for every person he's killed yeah but he did say a bible quote when he did it right <laughs> well yeah. that makes it better um so we get to the first leg of the death race um i the only notes i really have about this is that and i don't remember i have the death heads which are the thing they trigger which are basically like roadblocks in the middle of the race that they can trigger that's the first death that's the yeah. first death okay the car slams into the death the death head when it pops out of the uh, was the it track. sayad yes okay and then i also have in my notes that it's that it was pretty gross when the grim reaper gets killed <laughs> but i don't yeah. i don't remember i think he gets like he's on the track his car flips over and he gets out and he's like um someone hits him with the door he, well, I know they, they, the, the machine gun, they run him machine through with gun the machine Joe, gun. Like, swipes oh, him. that's right. <laughs> and kills him because he gets out of the car. He's like, oh, you can't kill me. I'm the Grim Reaper. And then he like slides and smashes the machine gun into him and he like obliterates. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then Machine Gun Joe tells the navigator, you're going to clean that when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> he does say that. Um, so I think that like Satham, like this first lap, he's not really, the first leg, he's not kind of into it, right? He's kind of like... He's nah. still trying to he, figure it out. They yeah. do kill someone, and he kills someone in the first leg. I think it's uh, isn't it uh, Travis Colt? Travis yeah, Colt. Yeah, Travis right. Colt. That's when yeah, because they're they're he. That's when they make like the incendiary. They throw the nos or something, and like they or, throw the napalm because oh. like his weapons won't work. Right. Because she yeah. Because you spoiler alert, you find out that Case, his navigator, is actually uh, was the one responsible for the first Frankenstein's weapons not working. Right. And this one, because she's being paid off by Hennessy. Because she says that she's going to release her if she right. does this right. Okay. Hennessy has a lot of power. <laughs> she, <laughs> she does. She does. And, and some other prison. So, um, oh, in that ahead. part, though, he tells her, get on my lap. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. He shoots the ejector seat with the napalm, hits the roof, goes all <laughs> over the car behind it. She stands up then and throws a cigarette lighter. <laughs> That's that's where she says Merry Christmas, asshole. Right. <laughs> but then she gets back in her spot where there's no seat anymore. Well, at that point, I don't think it matters. They're just trying to make it over the line. Actually, they were right there at the finish line when it happened. Right. So he survives the first leg. Um, we go like like you said, this movie moves so fast. This is where I have in my notes we find out that Coach is no longer an actual prisoner. In the yeah, he's just afraid of leaving. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't belong out there. So he's just like hanging out in the prison. Which, <laughs> that seems like they're a just gonna bad let him stay? choice. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to leave, but I don't know. It sounds like society is pretty terrible, so. Yeah, I guess. That prison's better than Get grueling in a little book. What more do you want? <laughs> I don't know. And at some point here, and I don't remember how he puts this together, but he figures out that Pachanko is the one that killed his wife. Well, it's because Pachinko does the gun motion to him. Oh, does the finger right. guns to him, and then he sees the um, the tracker on him. So then he goes to confront Pachenko. He gets beat up a little bit. Pachenko beats up Liss. Ames beats up Pachenko, and then the guards show up and kind of break it, break it up. Right. After there's a lot of fighting before the guards like finally we'll break this up. <laughs> yeah, they do kind of beat. He's, I think he's just about to kill Pachenko when they finally jump in and like stun them both or whatever. Yeah, they tase them both. Yeah. 
Um, so and that's when we find that, that basically Joan Allen wants to make sure that he doesn't win this race. Right. Like she Because want, she wants to keep him there, doesn't want him to get free, wants Frank for the ratings, that sort of thing. When did she strap the bomb to the bottom of the car? That's third the, race. That's the third race. Okay. Um, so, so the second race... The, the movie. Second, <laughs> the second leg is some very interesting, because there's, there's something they introduced where in the garage there's all these curtains and they've been building something, right? Yeah, the uh, Hennessy's team has been building something behind, like, the other half of the airplane hangar. Yeah, thing. like, really big and no one knows what it is, but, like, before the second race they notice that it's gone, okay? Um, but also at some point during the middle of the second race, that's where... <laughs> Like he, I feel like he. How does he get Pache- disabled Pachenko's car? Because he like, because he, uh, he he kind of smoke screens him, doesn't he? Yeah, and like he crashes. He crashes. Right? So then Statham gets out of his car, <laughs> grabs in the middle of the race, grabs Pachenko and just breaks his neck. Yeah, snaps his neck right, right there in front of the camera, and then stares right at the camera. Right. But he, like this whole race is going on, people are firing guns, and he gets out and just walks across the track and breaks his neck. Yeah, because I guess it makes because he doesn't have to win; he just has to survive the second one. Right, that's true. The and first two, they just have to survive. And the guy did kill his wife, so getting out of the car does not seem like the best way to survive. No, they not tell at Machine all. Gun Joe, and he's like, "I gotta get there." <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, um, <laughs> I have in my notes that like everyone in the second stage seems to be pretty lackadaisical about it. Like no one <laughs> in the second stage, they're kind of like racing, but no one seems there's no real urgency. I feel like in that stage. But then they release the dreadnought, which is what we find out that they've been building behind the curtain in the hangar. Yeah. And how would you describe the dreadnought? It's a giant 18-wheeled uh, oil tanker. It's like a big gas tanker that they they obviously drain all the gas, out, all the whatever's in the tanker part, and just build like a giant rolling tank out of it. And it's got machine guns and missiles. Flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. All kinds of shit, yeah. And it's like, I just don't get it because like it takes out like cars quick. And I'm like, doesn't she need people for the third stage? Yeah. Because presumably she's going to kill all of them. The handling of the Dreadnought is amazing. They're like, <laughs> super turns and takes a shortcut and then like smashes into people. Yeah, it is. Like for how big it is and like being an 18-wheeler, it's very new. On the road, yeah, it is. It is clearly movie special effects. It, it does have a cool death though with 14k. It yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, what's it like? It, it catches on to him, or what does it do? It he like, like he gets caught under it. He gets caught under it. They like it, he like gets next to it and smash next to it and has like blades on the wheels. Oh yeah, well, kills his, right. yeah. Kills yeah. his navigator, which is gross. Then he gets behind and drops these like chains with spikes, and he's caught. And, and then he gets they they it. turn like the big. Like basically, tank, turn a tank, tank gun, gun on him and fire it like point blank, and his car just is obliterated. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and then he just gets blown up, right? So, yeah, and how did he apparently return? Oh, because the other one, the other, you know what? I think about it. The other two movies, the sequels, are actually prequels to this. <laughs> Man, yep. I need to dig into this mythos like you have. Sorry, I remember now. I'm like, how does he make it to the next ones? Oh, they're prequels. So at this point, there's only two drivers right, live. Right, just Machine Gun Joe and uh, Statham. Yeah, and Frankenstein. So they team up to get rid of the Dreadnought. Yeah, because they're watching back video of the race, and they see that like there's a weakness in the wall, 
And if they can blow through it, they can get directly to the. Well, you're the, jumping, you're jumping ahead, ahead a little bit. We're talking about when they get rid of the dreadnought. They tr- they they oh right, 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 they sorry. trick the dreadnought into running into one of those death's heads. Yeah. Is what yes. they do. So they like they like both go up along the sides of it and then like cut in front of it and they can't see what's in front and then they move out of the way and it slams into one of the death heads, which is essentially like a spiked roadblock that pops out of the ground. Right. And so that's how they get rid of the dreadnought. And it like flips over and you see all these like people first that are on there shooting the guns and then it flips over and none of those people are there anymore. <laughs> nope, they are not there. <laughs> and we're like, we're treated to another scene in the pits and this is where I have my note that says like, man, everyone's pit crew seems a lot tougher than Jason Statham's. <laughs> like, Machine Gun Joe comes over to like trash talk them and like the, his crew is real tough and they got like old man coach, Liss, and Gunner and none of them seem that tough. No. So like, we basically like, but that's when we get to the part where you talk about where they walk, where they watch back the race and they right. see that there's basically like a weak spot in the wall. And like, we unbeknownst to us, he basically like has a meeting with Machine Gun Joe and kind of they talk about this. And then this cuts to a really weird scene, which I want to talk to you guys about where uh, Joan Allen is giving a speech. <laughs> Like addressing the whole prison about like how important the death race is and what it means to them and all this stuff. And I'm like, I am like, there's only two of those people that are still drivers in the prison, but she's talking to them like they all are involved still. Yeah. I mean, if I was any of those other prisoners, I wouldn't give two shits about the death race. Yeah. And she's giving this big speech about how important it is and how they all have a chance. And it's like, there's literally two people who this applies to and you're addressing the entire prison. I mean, even their pit crews don't get anything if they win. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know what you what the point of wanting to be in the pit crew is. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> um, so then we get to the third stage, and we find out that Hennessy, Joan Allen, just because she really doesn't want to make sure that Statham wins, she has him plant a bomb on Statham's car. Right. Like on a blow at the, the guard who, I don't know who played that guard, but he had a real creep vibe to him. Like, yeah, he's a character actor that's been in a bunch of different okay, things. Because I feel like he looked familiar, but I, I didn't. I'll pull him up. Keep going. Okay. So he, they, just like as an insurance policy, Hennessy has this guard place basically like uh, a bomb under uh, Jason Statham, Frankenstein's car, in case for some reason he wins so they can basically eliminate him so he doesn't get his freedom. He's uh, John Connor in Terminator Genesis. Uh, <laughs> no? Okay. I mean, I saw that movie, but... All right. Uh, he's in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, uh, I saw that movie. Um, I guess he's just a guy that's in stuff. He's just in stuff. He's like, in a ton of stuff, too. Okay, okay. well, because he looked, he had that look of familiar. I just couldn't yeah. place him, but I think maybe he just, like you said, he's just in a bunch of stuff. Right. At this point, can we talk about the weapons on the car? <laughs> so, Frank's car has two machine guns. Right. Machine Gun Joe has like five machine guns and rockets on the top. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It has a lot of rockets. Is wh- How is that fair? Well, I, and I would like to just scroll back. I, I don't know if it was uh, Grim Reaper. One of the guy's cars, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like they all have like big like guns. That, but one of them just has like handheld machine guns like on the front of it, like four of them like attached together, you know, like guns that you would have to pull with a trigger and they're just like stuck to the front of the car. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so weird like what they have to work with how what the disparity is between all of their weapons yeah it, it, yeah the rocket and, the rockets are crazy and he yeah. he just happens to have them in that last race well does well, he well i think he has them the whole time i don't think he has them the whole time what i think is i think he asks for them okay but once they kind of con- once they kind of can conf- th- get their figure plan. out what they want to do okay. right um what about the tombstone 
Um, the physics of it, is it possible? Well, I mean, it, it's basically just a big, thick piece of metal. But I feel like that would slow down your car so much if that was on the back of it. It would slow down the car quite a bit, and then... Once he drops it, his gas tank is completely exposed. <laughs> it would take maybe one or two shots. That's it to completely disable that car. Because he drops it in the first race, the one with the David Carradine voice Frankenstein, right. and then he drops it in the last race, right? Yes. But that's all like we learn, though, that they've all got this scheme that, to, to break out because they basically fire the missile and blow up that weak part of the wall that, right, that right, leads right. them to the outside. Yes. And so they go racing down the, the Cedar Point Causeway, which this is where in my notes I have that the uh, bridge to this place is longer than the runway in Fast and Furious 6. Oh, my God, yes. Because <laughs> they're on it forever. They send cars after them. They send helicopters after them. And this is where it gets a little confusing to me. So Machine Gun Joe leaves. Right. They switch places. So Case is there, his co-pilot. Right. And she takes... Gets in the Frank costume. Yep. And lets Which do they have two of. Right. Do they have two of? Well, I think yes, they, there's one on the seat <laughs> after he jumps out, and he's still wearing the Frank costume. Well, is it, but it's just the mask, though. No, it's the mask, then. Was, what, but the they jumpsuit. They have one right. mask, but they have two jumpsuits. Yes. Oh, right, right, okay. So he jumps out, and then she lets herself get caught because she already has her papers, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, they have to let me out now. <laughs> Man, I'm pretty sure they were trying to frame people and kill everybody. I don't think they have to do anything. <laughs> so he escapes. She lets herself get they caught. They hop on a train hobo style. They do hide. <laughs> Him and Machine Gun Joe, who are now just best buds, absolute buds. Well, if this is Fast and Furious in the Apocalypse, yeah, they become friends with their enemies real fast. And I, so, I guess, and I guess we enough. should say, the, the Tyrese and Jason Satham are two future Fast and... At this point, they're both going to end up in the Fast and Furious franchise. So. They will, yeah. So they escape on a train, hobo style. She gets caught. And then the... So <laughs> Joan Allen is... Well, at one point, Joan Allen's mad and she tries to detonate the bomb and it doesn't work because they found it and disconnected it, right? Right. And then this is where I get a little confused. So then Joan Allen... <laughs> is it my favorite line of the movie? <laughs> well, so Joan Allen gets a package, right? Like a present, like a congratulations present that the guard delivers. And she opens it up, and it's the explosive from the bottom of the car that they planted, right? Correct. But then Coach has the trigger for the bomb? Just out of nowhere. <laughs> like, how does he have the thing that detonates the bomb? I mean, I guess... I, okay, so I would just, I, I'm going to fill in some blanks Okay, here. I assume... They made a trigger for it. Okay, because they have the Joan Allen has a trigger because they try and use it when Jason yeah. Statham is getting away. Uh, my assumption is they took that trigger off, replaced it with their own, and they made a one that you said. But okay. how would he know when to? Yeah, he times it real. What? Would, all right, Jody, what is the line? Oh, it's when the bomb doesn't go off. She says, "Okay, cocksucker, fuck with me, and we'll see who shits on the sidewalk." <laughs> what? Is, <laughs> what does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that. The first that. time I watched it for this, that's the only thing I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. The only thing. Uh, I don't understand that line at all. And she delivered it really well. Yeah. I'll give you that. Joan Allen is great. After she says like, he says something not that questionable early in the movie. She's like foul language is not okay with yeah. me. And then she drops that crazy sentence. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like so so wow. then, so she gets the package, it's the bomb, opens it up, coach somehow knows exactly what it is. He says something witty, I think, when he when he detonates the bomb. I don't have it written down, but I don't know. He yeah. says something, she blows up real good, the whole thing blows up, and then we cut down. I think it's 
time has passed, and we're down in Mexico, and much like seemingly out of the scene of a Fast and Furious movie, Tyrese and Jason Statham are running a junkyard down in Mexico together? Yeah, they're uh, going legit. Yeah, they're like fixing a car. Sorry, he says, damn, I love this game. <laughs> That's what it is, when he has perfect timing of knowing when to blow that up. Sure. So we're in this junkyard in down in Mexico. Uh, they're going legit. They're fixing a car in this, like, real f- nice-looking, like, I don't know what kind of car it is, but it, like, pulls up, and it's a uh, case. She's got her freedom. Yep. After all that, they still let her go. I mean, maybe because Joan Allen blew up. And Jason Statham's like, oh, hold on. I got to introduce you to someone. He has his daughter. So presumably he went and kidnapped her from the foster family she was at. How did he get her so easily? <laughs> I do not know. And it's like, and like that's basically the end. They introduce her to a Well, dog. he has his papers. Oh, does she give him the she release? She gives them and she sticks them in his pocket. Oh, that's right. She does give him the release papers, but she didn't think he was going to be able to use them. Okay. No, but Tyrese doesn't have his papers. Yeah, that's true. But they're in Mexico, so. Oh, fair enough. And the world seems to be kind of in a real terrible place. Although so Tyrese just wanted to go to Miami, <laughs> which I think is setting up fast, too fast, too furious. It's true. Oh, he, interesting. He is in Miami, which is where we meet Tyrese Ooh. in the Fast and Furious universe. Prequel, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> you might figure be, out that timeline. You might for be us. onto something. Yeah. Wow, this is this is deep. Your research is impressive. <laughs> um, but that that's the end. They're all in Mexico and they're like one happy family working at a junkyard. End credits. End credits. This movie. Oh, oh I should say. Oh, I should say the last thing is there's basically after the end scene there's a warning where it's basically like, hey, don't drive like this, dum dums. Well, that <laughs> appears at the beginning and end of all of the prequel slash sequels too. By the way, <laughs> I was like, I do have it. Like warning at the end. LOL. Because it's like, yeah, don't don't set up your own death race. So do you think they had to add that based on the Fast and Furious movies? I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know when the first Fast and Furious came out. I feel like the first... It was like 2001. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This does... This does... Those predate this. Is, this is after... This is well after, like, I think th- uh, Fast and Furious uh, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, they did drift some in this. <laughs> they do drift a little bit. But I think you're right. I think... Let's this- see. So the original Fast and Furious, 2001... Uh, Too Fast is 2003. Tokyo Drift is 06. This is right before... So F- Fast and Furious was in 09. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this movie... I mean, maybe that's why I liked it so much, because it does have kind of a Fast and Furious vibe to it. Yeah, and I got a feeling that that's why this film was made, is... Why this one got green light so quickly? It's is, true. It's it, basically you know because well, I think they did say that uh, Paul W S Anderson was trying to get it made for a long time. So maybe this like, is yeah something crazy like thirteen years. So maybe this is finally because of all the success of all those. Maybe that's why they finally were able to uh, get this made. Sure. Like people like fast cars, fast cars with guns, killer. <laughs> yeah, bingo. Yeah, I think I mean that's basically what this is: Fast and Furious in prison with that a lot more deaths. Yeah. Um. I'm just kind of looking through my notes here. I do have one which is like, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but it says that Statham, uh, he trained for three months and went from 20% body fat to 6% for this movie. You can see all, every, you can see every bit of it. <laughs> he is jacked in this movie. He is jacked in this movie. He's, he's in good shape. That's why they had that pull-up scene. Sure. I, guess. <laughs> I mean, realistically, this movie is basically Running Man. Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. it, it's a game show. Yeah. It's... A guy wrongfully accused, finding a way to escape yeah. prison and fighting his way through 
these, uh, you know, I mean, they're obviously not gladiators, but they're other cars yeah, serving as true. gladiators. I guess it does have kind of a Running Man vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's it essentially like Running Man in cars. I have seen that movie. Whoa, Running what? Man? I think I was way too young when I saw it, too. <laughs> Probably. I Now, that is, I have seen Running Man, too. That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, it does have a Running Man vibe, I guess. Now yeah. that you've, now I mean, essentially, me. that's what this is. It's, is. it's Running Man. Oh, well, it does a good job. Like I said, I, I still still think it pulls it off. Yep, I don't have any issues with it. Uh, like I said, it uh, it did well. I mean, $57 million in the box office. I'm sorry, $75 million in the box office. Um, I Yeah, it, it did quite well. Lots of sequels. Uh, I'm going to pull up and one more thing <laughs> right one more interesting thing. Jody, did you cover everything that you had to point out? Everything I wrote down, except for when they had the scoreboard for the death race, it listed the type of everyone's car, yeah. except for Frank's car. <laughs> what was his car called? What was his car called or what, what kind did they of car? List, no, what did they list his car as? Uh, I know what Pop you're Pop quiz for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, he's oh. too many things oh. at once. Pop, okay, sorry. What do they list his car as? I know what you're talking about in the scoreboard because they say the name of like when they cross out the people they right. got killed. Uh, does, oh boy, I don't know. I, you know what? Oh, I know what it is. You want? You can guess then. I don't. Frankenstein's know. monster. Yeah, it just says monster. Oh, it's just monster. <laughs> okay. It was like this car, this car, this car, monster. <laughs> okay, well, since we're doing it, what the fuck? Ooh, good one. There we go. Uh, what was the estimated cost of each of the cars for this film? Estimated cost. I read this. I don't remember. It was a lot. Though. It was in. It's an insane amount of money for them to customize these cars. I don't know. I have the stat about like how many cars they use. Yeah. but I don't. I have that too. Yeah, there's 34 cars. Yeah. To uh, to portray the 11 main cars, each car. 300,000? 250 to 300,000. <laughs> Most crazy. of the budget of this film was spent on cars. That's crazy. And they, they probably blew up quite a few of them, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, they did. That's crazy. Pop quiz, hot <laughs> shot. <clears throat> this film used a shit ton of blank ammunition. <laughs> How many tons of blank ammunition was used? I don't know. Three tons. Four tons <laughs> of blank ammunition was, was used in this film. Thank you for letting me guess. Uh, oh, my apologies. Wah, wah. Way to go, LPJ. All right, fine. We'll just, I guess we'll do... Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> oh my god! Is this Spider-Man again? <laughs> How many days did it take them to shoot this film? Jody, you can go first. Thirty-nine. No. Forty. No. Devin, breaking the fourth wall. Take a guess. Seventeen. Close. Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he won by Price's Right rules. <laughs> I guess. Wait, no, I did guess he? 40. No, he didn't. He didn't. I guess My name's Joe, and I, I don't understand the price is right. <laughs> I forgot, I guess, 40. Uh, well, geez, do you have any more pop quizzes? You're going pop quiz crazy. I don't know. Let me see what I can find for you. <laughs> I guess. I'm sure I can Sure, I can, I can rustle up another one. Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> what is Frankenstein's prison number? Oh, jeez. I have no idea on that. 771862. <laughs> no. Two seven four five two. Okay, that was anticlimactic. <clears throat> yeah, you really left on a sour. I note. ran out. There's really not a lot <laughs> left. We have really hit pretty much everything in this. Yeah, I think we did a good job, kind of hitting all the high points in this. We covered it f- faster than Frankenstein figured out the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> we did indeed. All right. Well, in that case, 
Alrighty. Jody? Um, I liked it. It wasn't as good as I remembered, I feel. So I'm going to go three and a half machine guns. All right. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you to a certain extent. It wasn't, I hadn't watched it in a while. It, it wasn't, I remember enjoying it a lot more. It's still a lot of fun. I still had fun watching it. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I liked it as much as I did initially. Um, but it's, again, it's another one that's not super long, you know. But I guess, uh, boy, looking back on it, I'm going to give it three machine guns. All right. Well, you're right. It's only 111 minutes. <laughs> not terribly long. So an in, in hour and something. Um <clears throat> Go ahead. Do the math. The math man. 51 minutes. Hour 51 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Hour 51 minutes. Oh, boy. It's late. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an easy watch. There's definitely some plot holes. Uh, there's some stuff that, you know, is really good. And there's some stuff that's okay. I think you're dead on with a three and a half. I think people should absolutely go and see it. Well, I said three. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I said three and a half, okay. so I'm more. So three and a half, yeah. Right. Well, I, I think it's super enjoyable. Um, it's basically like, like the Road Warrior meets Fast and Furious is essentially what this is. That's fair. I would say that's a that's an apt description of mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Slash the Running Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's like it's like come for Statham, stay for Coach's tiny book. Bingo. That's exactly <laughs> what you want to do. Yep. Uh, so three and a half. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, would you recommend it? I would recommend it. Recommend it. Sure, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's easy. Yeah, and then watch all the sequels slash prequels. <laughs> I would recommend those as well. I don't think all are on Netflix, but some are. Yeah, there yeah. definitely are. There's some one, there was one just released in 2018, a third one I had no idea about. Because when was I was it Death Race 3000. <laughs> no, that was that was a different one. That's uh, that's that sequel to that. the original Death Race right. 2000. Uh, no, this is Death Race Death Race Beyond Anarchy. Oh, I don't know. Which I think we forgot to mention that the original Death Race, I believe, was one of the first roles for Sylvester Stallone. That is, yeah, it was actually. That's interesting. Interesting. I didn't get, get a chance to hit the pop quiz button. <laughs> there we go. Fine, uh, LBJ. We'll come back and do all Death Race movies. <laughs> That's the new podcast. Death, Death, Ra- Death Race Month coming to the Last Action Podcast. <laughs> I think that might go over better than Bond Month. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I haven't got any hate mail for it yet. Oh, all right. Well, uh, let's do some plugs. Did you want to do some plugs today? You want me to handle it? Uh, you, you can get it. You got it. All right. So uh, we got us. We got Gamezilla Media. We got, uh, let's just, you know what? Let's just pick one. Let's uh, pick one to talk about. Which one do you want to talk about? What What can you tell me about Noobs and Dragons? Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast hosted by Dungeon Master Extraordinaire Craig WK, who has been on this podcast several times. Yes. Uh, it revolves around Chops as uh, Lord Alistair Lockwood, Jazzy as Tilly, and Grim as um, Jandar, the, the wood elf. And it's all about the three of them uh, carrying out their first Dungeons & Dragons campaign as as created and, and dungeon mastered by Craig WK. Uh, right now, it's like 60 episodes in. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's really enjoyable it's like a, it's like an audio book that is created in the moment <laughs> it's really fantastic uh, i would recommend everybody going out and, and, and listening to it not just because it's on our network but because it's just a good time excellent yep we've also got uh legend of retro which oddly enough also has 
Craig WK on it and <laughs> chops. All, he's all over this. He place. is all over this place. Uh, and that's the the retro gaming podcast. So definitely check those out along with all of our other podcasts: the Gamezilla podcast, Noobs and uh, uh, Noiseland Arcade, Bob and Bax Movie Blast. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff for everybody. What what LPJ? What can you tell us about uh, about if people want to become a patron? The Patreon. Well, if you want to become a patron, uh, head over to Gamezilla Media slash Patreon. Or Patreon slash Gamezilla Media. My apologies. <laughs> uh, and any any amount of money you put on there gets you access to various things that we put on there just for uh, our Patreon patrons. Uh, we have special episodes that we do. Noobs has special episodes called Behind the DM where they learn about how the actual crafting of a, a dungeon, Dungeons & Dragons um, campaign happens. Craig walks you through that. Uh, all kinds of different things. Five bucks, one dollar, twenty dollars, twenty-five dollars. All sorts of different tiers you can get. Excellent. Yep. And any money helps us. Any money that you donate helps us kind of keep the lights running. Cool. Which cool. can bring we can bring you more content that way. Excellent. Yep. Uh, I want to thank Jody for being here. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you for letting Joe pick the movie for you. <laughs> it's true. Hey, well, listen. every movie I pick, you're like, that's not an action movie. <laughs> no, well, that's not. Well, an action I'm movie. sorry that we couldn't do the Mighty Ducks two on the podcast. That movie would kill on this podcast. <laughs> he's not wrong, but it is not an action film. <laughs> but he's not wrong. No, he, that there way. is a fight scene with the Bash Brothers. There's yeah. several fights in the Bash Brothers. Listen, maybe on like season 18 of the Last Action Podcast, we can do Mighty Ducks too. We do seasons? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How old will LPJ be then? You're the Ooh. boss. Fair enough. <laughs> older than us. <laughs> Still, I will always be older than you, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, thank you for being here, Joe. Thank you again for, yeah, for filling in. We yeah, appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks, uh, Machine Gun Joe. Thank you, Machine Gun Joe. <laughs> so in that case, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, but we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>